We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Vikings made it interesting as they usually do. Let's talk about the Vikings first draft pick with the former Vikings general manager, Jeff Diamond. He's been in that room. He's had to make decisions like this. I will say this, Jeff, if you had told me earlier in the week, the Vikings were going to trade down to 32 and then take a safety, I would not have been thrilled, but that doesn't mean it's not a good pick. It just means it's not what, you know, it's not the shiny object that everybody was kind of, uh, craving going into the draft so let's just get your before we get to anything else just get your first reaction to the Vikings first pick yeah I I think that generally I don't like trading down especially that far in the first round and if they'd gone from say 12 to to 21 or something like that then it it might have been a little more palatable for Viking fans especially at draft headquarters and then at 21 they could have taken Trent McDuffie who the Chiefs took at 21 by trading with the Patriots at that spot and, and going down that far. And I know, I know that, that Kwesi Adolfo Menza made the comment that they had, that they had Lewis seen rated as a number 13 to 19 player on their board, which I believe because everybody has different ratings and he's certainly a physically talented player, fast, physical, supposedly smart, which is important for a safety and, and should have a shot to start his first year and, and fill an opening, which we thought Cam Bynum was going to step into. But if, if Seen's a better player, maybe they can use Bynum at, at corner or in different alignments, whatever the case may be, because I like Cam Bynum, then fine. But there's still that need at corner, and now it's going to be dependent on how they react with these next few uh, picks that they've got coming and they've got three picks and then in the next whatever I guess uh, 40 43 picks which is good if you if you make the most of it and so I think ultimately in any draft and and I really hate when snap judgments are made on, on drafts because you just truly don't know for two to three years and sometimes you know in year one with a guy like Justin Jefferson but sometimes it takes longer and for a Brian O'Neill or something like that to pan out and become, become a great player. So maybe Lewis Seen will be an all pro safety and be real versatile. He's big. He's, he's tough. And uh, as we said, fast physical, uh, the ESPN people such as Lewis Riddick were raving about him, that he was one of the best picks in the draft at that spot. So I, I think that in general, as we've said often, you really have to have to wait and see how it all pans out. It was, I think, a long night for Viking fans at draft headquarters, certainly waiting from 12 to 32. And that, that was tough for them. But as we said, ultimately, you just have to wait and see how everything plays out. And, and maybe Lewisine will be a great player in the league. I, I just think it's risky when you're watching all these potentially great players go by and Guys like Jameson Williams, 
uh, from Alabama who Detroit took in that spot. And, and it certainly was curious to trade within your division at any time and then potentially see a guy like Williams who may come back to haunt you for many, many years. <laughs> so so I think that it sets up really interesting draft. I thought the whole draft was, was, was kind of fascinating, even though it didn't have the sizzle of, of the quarterbacks from last year. But there are a lot of interesting moments. Uh, I thought the New York teams did well, and we can talk about that further. But in general, the key question to me is Quasi wanted, wanted quantity with this extra third-round pick that he picked up out of the deal and moved up 12 spots in the second round. So the question ultimately is, did he give up too much quality by dropping 20 spots? And we'll know in two to three years. Yeah, and that and that's my question. And let's get more into this on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. This is part of TalkNorth.com. It's one of our two football shows, along with John Krasinski's and mine. Uh, I said that awkwardly. My show with John Krasinski is called Viking Update. John Krasinski, by the way, also does a great Timberwolves show, very relevant right now with Timberwolves in the playoffs. And we do appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. Follow us on Twitter, Talk More North Pod. See all of our shows they released. Uh, we recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. And thanks to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and TSR Injury Law. So that, that was my concern, Jeff, is I felt like there was a, you know, maybe 12 to 18 players that were really interesting at the top of the draft. But once you got past that, you had a lot of, you know, kind of second round talents in the first round. I felt like I felt like the Vikings gave up a chance to take a really good player for a chance to take some pretty good players. And the caveat that you offered is absolutely accurate. We don't really know. We might not know for a long time. I just would have felt better about their first pick if they had taken Kyle Hamilton, who I, I just like, you know, from an eyeball standpoint, a little more than seen. Or if they would taken Jameson Williams and just had a dyna- you know, an incredibly dynamic receiving core. And it does worry me because I know what Viking history is. I know how things come back to bite this franchise. It does worry me that they let a – supposedly rising division rival take a guy who could be a great receiver at number 12. And I I think that's all accurate. And, and, and we'll see how, how Williams comes back from his injury, his knee injury. And, and so he, it may take him some time, but yeah, there's, there are a lot of really interesting players. Jermaine Johnson, the local product from Eden Prairie via Florida state was sitting there at 12 and, and he ends up falling all the way to 26. And so it's just hard to, as we said, pass up so many really good players and drop that far. And I, I would have loved to have seen them not have to give up their other second-round pick. And, and and then that could be, you'd say, okay, that's a home run for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did move up 12 spots. And now they're kind of in the catbird seat tonight with the second pick in the, in the second round. And there are a lot of really good corners that are still sitting there. And guys like Andrew Booth out of, out of Clemson is, is a guy that, that they could jump on. He's, he's got some injury question marks with a core, core muscle injury. But I think that the, the proof will be how do they use these picks? Because they, they got an extra third round pick and that's good. And this, Supposedly, this is a deep draft, and there's a lot of strength in these middle rounds, the second, third round. And so, and, and even, even pick 66 that they did pick up, 
from Detroit is it, it's almost a second round pick. It's a late, it, it's an early third, almost a second round pick. So you should be able to get a guy that you've graded as a second round player. As, as they've said, Steen was a guy they had graded as a middle first round player. This number 34 pick should have a first round grade on him. And so again, it could end up being a home run draft. You, you just don't know. And when the Seahawks drafted all those great defensive players back in the about 12, 15 years or 10 years ago, Richard Sherman, Vance Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, who knows who know that those guys were going to lead him to a Super Bowl? You just don't know. It, that, that's the truth of the matter. And as I said, Scene has a lot of nice attributes. It impresses me that he was the MVP in the national championship game on a t on a defense that had four other first round picks. That impresses me. It tells me he's a big game player and he's not afraid of the spotlight. And that's important too. And so those are some of the things that, that I like about the pick. I like that he's gonna be paired with Harrison Smith. And if he's that close to Kyle Hamilton, then great. <laughs> And maybe he'll be a better player than Kyle Hamilton. We'll see. But I, I did like Hamilton, too. And, and I also like McDuffie out of Washington, who was sitting there. And as we said, William's a really interesting player. Guys like Jermaine Johnson. There were a lot of players that fell in that period of time when the, when the Vikings were waiting to pick. And, but meanwhile, in Green Bay, they can criticize the Packers again because they didn't take a wide receiver. <laughs> uh, they're just trolling Rodgers. They just want to make his head explode. And I don't really blame them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, we'll get into the division. We'll get into the league. I want to keep talking about some kind of local issues. Uh, you know, this, this is probably not first on the minds of Viking fans today, but what I noticed yesterday is the Ravens drafted the center and traded uh, Lamar Jackson's buddy, Hollywood Brown, you know what that tells me? Tells me that uh, your guy, Rashad Bateman, is is not only going to be the number one receiver, he could have a massive year next year. Yeah, he, he, he definitely could. And it's, it's really fascinating to see the proliferation, shall we say, of the wide receiver in the mm -hmm. NFL. And, and you look at, at what's going on that four wide receivers were traded in recent months for first round picks. Uh, guys like Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, AJ Brown last last night being traded by the Titans to the Eagles. And then they draft Burks, a similar receiver, and get a third round pick. The difference, of course, is AJ Brown is proven. And he also was going to cost the Titans 25 million a year, which the Eagles just had to pay him. And so it's a it's an issue sometimes of, of direction of resources. And so the Titans make a decision that we don't want to pay A.J. Brown $25 million a year. We'll draft Burks, pay him $4 million a year or whatever, and, and see how that plays out. Well, maybe good, maybe bad. <laughs> so Mike Vrabel didn't seem too thrilled, the Titans coach last night, saying we tried our best to get him signed and we couldn't get it done. And so – but the, just the, the wide, wide receivers, six of the first 18 picks being wide receivers – and we've seen that in recent years. So many receivers picked in the first round, more more than I ever remember uh, going back 10 years or so. And it just it just speaks to 
the overall dominance of the passing game. Wide receivers now are this, probably the second highest paid position group, and they used to be down the line. They've, they've actually surpassed the, the edge rushers behind the quarterbacks. And meanwhile, and now they're making almost double what the top running backs are making. So it's a, it's a crazy league in terms of emphasis on the passing game, emphasis on wide receivers. And meanwhile, only one quarterback taken in the first round, and the Steelers take Kenny Pickett, a very emotional moment with his family. I thought that was a cool moment. And Malik Willis is sitting there. You know, those two guys are going to be compared forever. And Willis, I'm sure, will go in the next 10 picks probably. You know, in the room, I'm sitting there with my old friend Kevin Seifert from ESPN and other Vikings writers. And as soon as the Vikings traded down to 32, our immediate speculation was, oh, somebody's going to want to trade up into the first round to get Willis or another quarterback. And the Vikings might get a haul for that pick. And, of course, they end up taking a safety. Um, obviously, the NFL just the NFL evaluators don't think Malik Willis is that close. Otherwise, he would have gone someplace up there. Yeah, and I, and I think, as I said, he'll, he'll, he'll go, I'm sure, early tonight in round two. And, hey, there's been a lot of, a lot of good second, third-round quarterbacks, guys like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and, and Joe Montana going way back who've been great players, who've been drafted down the line. Remember that guy, Tom Brady, in the sixth round. So we always say it's an inexact science. <laughs> and and we'll just see at it. I, I thought there were just a lot of interesting things that happened last night, even though, as I said, it wasn't a draft with, with the quarterback sizzle, shall we say. But a lot of interesting things with all those wide receivers taken with all the trading after the 10th spot, a ton of trades, nine trades in the first round. And it, it was really, I thought, kind of a fun show to watch. I thought the New York teams really did well, which we can talk about in a minute. Yeah, and I want to go around the league, around the division. Uh, did you ever trade within the division when you were on the job? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, on I purpose didn't want to see those guys tw twice a year. <laughs> and so... No, I, we never did, even in the draft where it's an unknown quantity at that point. Uh, no, so that's that's a, a different strategy, <laughs> but it's a different regime. And so, as, as we said, we shall see how it all plays out. But well, it also kind of reminded me of my early Viking drafts when we had those, we always seemed to have the, the la second to last pick in the first round or or the fourth to last pick in the first round because at, the, at that point it was because we were a Super Bowl team or we were a Final Four team. It wasn't because we, we traded back. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, it, I do think that's part of the modern analytic mindset from everything I've heard and read and talked to people about is in the old days it was, hey, don't trade, you know, don't do anything that could possibly help your direct rivals. I think the modern analytics mindset is, do everything you can to make your team better and don't worry about it. But the reality is you're going to worry about it. I mean, if James Williams comes back to haunt you, we'll be talking about this for years. Yeah, it, it definitely could. And Detroit, as you mentioned, first they pick up Aiden Hutchinson, which mm -hmm. you got you to gotta say that's a great pick. And Trayvon Walker may wind up being the better player ultimately. We'll see. But Aiden Hutchinson – uh, a lot of people projected him to be the first pick overall, and Detroit gets him at number two and ends able to get Williams, who a lot of people felt was the best receiver, uh, even though 
Uh, Garrett Wilson may have been rated higher just because he was healthy, the Ohio State receiver who went to the Jets. So uh, the Lions did very well in the first round. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be really interesting to see if they can actually turn that into victories. Hey, let's a uh, lot more to get to here, including more Vikings intrigue. Let's thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. I drove by it the other day. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and with their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You will see great selection of GMC and Buick SUVs, new 2021 and 2022 Buick SUVs, including the stylish Encore GX with 0% APR offers up to 72 months and 0% APR offer, offers on most 21 and 22 GMC models and also great purchase allowances on, on those vehicles, including the fabulous GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab with a 0% APR offer. And don't wait, reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV, the Wiper Lake Superstore, also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME, that's all you need to remember. If you're injured, we hope you are. We hope you never have to make that call, but if you do, you're gonna need good help. Uh, our friend Steve Terry, TSR Injury Law, they will take good care of you. They will not charge you unless they win your case. They will give you good advice. If they can't help you, they'll send you in the right direction. They're good people. They win a lot of cases. They take good care of people. And Steve has been a blast to work with, to have him on the John Krasinski Show as our personal uh, embedded uh, personality with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, so, hey, everything, we've been working with TSR for a long time. Highly recommend them in every way. 612-TSR-TIME. And thanks to Steve. So, nobody moved up to get Malik Willis 32. Do you think that means you said he, you think he goes in the top 10 picks today? Why would a team wait until the second round instead of getting the benefits of moving up and taking him in the first round? I, I think they just didn't feel it was it was worth the move, perhaps, and 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 maybe a lot of those teams that were down at, at the bottom of the first round uh, didn't feel like they needed a quarterback, perhaps, or the teams early in the second round weren't ready to move up and give up more picks they thought he might be there and he might slide a little bit further and so it's just as we said it's just hard to predict how things pan out and and I think that I think that Willis is going to go very soon I think from the Vikings standpoint talking again about the corner they they certainly had to be disappointed that Stingley and Gardner went so quickly yeah I think <laughs> that, that changed everything yeah, I think that did change their strategy. I think they were hoping that perhaps Stingley would have fallen to 12 because of his injuries and and his lackluster last couple of years. But just the talent level is so big, and, and Houston jumps on at three, which was was a, a mild surprise. And then Sauce Gardner goes immediately at, at four. And so I think that that probably threw him for a little bit of a loop. And then you, you see all the all the impact pass rushers and uh, guys like Walker, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, 
uh, go go quickly and and then the run on receiver. So it's just I just think there's and that has to happen in a draft. Your strategy is going to evolve as depending on what goes on around you. And and certainly I think that happened last night, especially the intuition says that Stingley was a guy that they really would have loved to have seen fall. Yeah, I think that I mean looking at it from the outside, that's the person I thought they would get. I thought that would have been a great first round draft pick for them. I thought they'd have gotten great value. And of course that perception seems to be bolstered by the fact somebody took them that high, uh, but you can't control that, of course, uh, and you would have had to give up an immense amount of stuff to move from 12 to three, so that was just out of their hands. Here's what's interesting. You know, the, the early sense we're getting from Wesley Adolfo Mensa, from O'Connell, from his coaching staff is that they're gonna be very flexible, that they're gonna adapt to personnel that they have, they're not gonna try to impose certain systems on people they wanna get the most out of their players, which I think philosophically is the right way to go. And that last night, late last night in the press conference, they were talking about how Cam Bynum has coverage skills, that they think Scene has coverage skills. Of course, Harrison Smith can cover to a certain extent. Uh, it almost sounded like they're going to try to find a way to have all three of those people on the field at the same time, at, at least some of the time. Yeah, and I think that that could well happen. Cam Bynum played corner at at Cal, and yep. and and he could run, and so maybe maybe they're thinking that he could be a a potential starting cornerback if if uh, Dantzler is, is not as consistent as they need him to be and if Patrick Peterson starts to slip off a little bit but and they've got Shandon Sullivan so it, it's not disasterville <laughs> at corner yet but they, they do need to pick I think a couple of corners tonight or today and tomorrow uh, and especially tonight with one of these next three picks they've got to get a, a corner and whether it's a guy like Booth out of Clemson, as we said, or there are there are several other really interesting corners that, that could be available come this this next couple rounds. And I think that we'll just see how, how that plays out. Uh, Kyler Gordon, another guy that from Washington, who is another good physical corner and good player and Maybe he's the guy that they're thinking about. The Vikings Brain Trust has been talking a lot about collaborative efforts. And I, listen, I don't think that's anything new. I'm sure everybody collaborates. Nobody just goes off on their own and makes their own picks. Uh, but do you think that's changed at all? Do you think there are more voices in the room today than there were when you were doing it? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I could see things getting really muddled if you're trying to listen to a dozen people. No, I, I don't think so. I, I think even back in the day, and I, and I think about when we drafted Randy Moss in 1998, and, and we had Frank Gilliam, Jerry Reichow, Scott Studwell were our, our personnel people. Denny Green and, and the coaching staff um, were, were involved. I'm involved as a GM. Our, our medical people are involved. And and so there, there's a lot of stuff going on during during a draft in a draft room and a lot of people that are voicing opinions. And the Randy Moss draft, for example, the, the, one of the key guys was Conrad Cardano, um, our, one of our, our scouts who had worked with the Marshall coaches and had inside information on Randy, that Randy had, had been great there, had been, had been fine, no off-the-field issues after the character questions that came up really, really from high school uh, and early college when he had, had lost his scholarships at Notre Dame and Florida State, and and so I think that it it was it's always been a collaboration 
it's just the word wasn't used as much back then and it's getting a little nauseating to hear it so often now and how, how about Quasi's use of, of uh, the draft process as an algorithm is that what he said yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay well th that sounds great I'm not even sure what an algorithm is but that that sounds great <laughs> I think it's a math thing but I'm not 100% sure <laughs> I, I think maybe he needs to talk a little bit more down to earth to the fan base <laughs> than to talk about algorithms. <laughs> well, you know, when, when you take that approach, and I'm not criticizing that approach, I don't mind uh, big words, but uh, <laughs> if you take that approach, it does, it puts you on a T, you know, where if you don't succeed uh, and you've talked about algorithms, then it makes it easy for me to make fun of you. It is succeed. <laughs> And everybody in the NFL starts using the word algorithm. <laughs> exactly right. But, uh, but we had talked earlier, Jim, as we talk about drafts around the league, and, and I mentioned the New York teams and 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 the lowly Jets. <laughs> I thought had had a terrific first round. Now again, I, I don't like making snap judgments on drafts because it, you have to wait two to three years to see how this, it all pans out. But it, it appears that they've really got three good players in Sauce Gardner at four, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State, at 10, and Jermaine Johnson, the Eden Prairie kid, at, at 26. And giving Zach Wilson, their young quarterback, another target, and Wilson's important. So I thought the Jets did really well, and I thought the Giants, Thibodeau, uh, He's a pretty flashy guy, but if he turns out to be the next uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, then, then they're going to be real happy with him. And Evan Neal certainly looks like a solid pick as, as an offensive tackle. And so those are two great prospects for the Giants to be able to have Neal in there and to help Daniel Jones, who, interestingly, they did not exercise the fifth-year option on Jones. And so they're putting the pressure on him to perform this year he could be a free agent if he has a great year he could really capitalize but then again they've got the franchise tag in their pocket so that that will be fascinating to watch how things unfold with these new york teams who you know the league likes to have new york teams in the hunt <laughs> and 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 baseball has both the mess and the yankees playing pretty well right now so that's that's good for them uh, no doubt about it. You want New York teams to be good enough that when you beat them, it means something. And uh, baseball is always better when the Yankees are inside. Of course, the great thing about the NFL is you can also have, you know, a Green Bay, you know, you can have a Green Bay Nashville uh, Super Bowl and you still the ratings would still be immense. That, that's the genius of the NFL. And that's where baseball has fallen down is the NFL is smart enough to realize that if you that you want the whole product to be the product, you don't want it to be dependent on New York teams or Los Angeles teams. Exactly. So I guess we'll all wait to hear Aaron Rodgers' reaction <laughs> to the Packers for the 20, what, 21st straight year, not taking a wide receiver in the first round. That that will be fascinating. And that defense that was already pretty good maybe just got better with, with Devontae Wyatt, a, a big, tough defensive tackle, and Quay Walker. And I, I do think Tonight, with one of those three picks, the Vikings need to address the interior offensive line, the center spot, Bradbury, and now he's got another big, tough guy from Devontae Wyatt facing him. He already was having trouble handling, handling Kenny Clark inside. 
when the Vikings face the Packers. I'm just not not a, a big fan of Bradbury long term, and I think they need to find his successor potentially in this draft. Yeah. Um, any other final thoughts on either the Vikings, the division, or the league? I, I think that in general, as I said, it was a, a really a, a fascinating night and and a fascinating draft. And so I I think in general on the Vikings, number 34 pick, second pick in, in the second round tonight is really an important pick for them. And I, I just think they've got to target a top corner or an interior offensive lineman, but yet still respect your grades. And I think that's about, I will give them credit because I think that the pick of Lewis scene strikes me as picking your hot, most highly rated player on the board and the quote unquote cliche best athlete available. I think that's really critical in the first round that you're not picking a potentially good player at a need position so if they had seen rated better than the than the corners who were more of a need pick, then I salute them for picking Lewisine, who looks to have a big upside potentially. And so even at number 34, perhaps you have to take the best player available. And who knows? Maybe maybe they do jump on a, a wide receiver at that point and and come up with this dynamic trio and and, and pick the pick the kid out of North Dakota State and, and Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. That, could, that could happen. But I, I fully expect them to take a corner or an interior offensive lineman at 34 and at 66. And then we'll, we'll just see how it all plays out. But, but it's, it's certainly, as we said, open season on second guessing when, when you drop that far down in the draft. Yeah, and it's been fascinating to see how it plays out, and that's why we do this show every week. This is always something to talk about with the Vikings and the NFL. If you'd like to advertise with this show or any of the shows across our ever-growing network, you can reach out to our sales executive, Karen Cleary, K-C-L-E-A-R-Y, at TalkNorth.com. Uh, thanks again to our producer, Brian Burdett. Thanks to Jeff. And uh, listen, we wanted to get a quick show out about the first-round pick and the first-round picks for all the NFL teams. We'll be back next week with Jeff to recap the entire draft, and we'll also have the Viking Update show recapping the entire draft. And again, check out all the other sports, variety, and outdoor content at TalkNorth.com.